for an answer, right? So if an answer is given and there are big signs or little signs, signs written in the, in the sky or, or storefront signs that have a message on them, if we're locked in our mind, we don't see any of that, right? And so you have to be in that state of wanting to see the answers, wanting to know more to be able to receive and see them. My name is Paul Harvey and this is Life, Passion and Business. We're about helping you explore, finding your passion for life and the work that you do. But it's so much more than that. It's about finding clues to the big life questions. What does it mean to be successful? What is the meaning of life? If you're looking for more, then join me on this journey, where together we will discover through interviews, tools and tips, how to live life full of meaning, passion and purpose. Are you searching for your purpose? Have you tried asking? We are all searching for meaning and purpose, and it may not look like it from your perspective, but searching for a new job or changing career is about that search. We want and need what we do to have meaning. Yes, I appreciate it's about money too, but real happiness is discovered when we are in alignment with our values and the work has meaning that fits with those values. My guest on the show today had childhood ideas of becoming either a nun or a nurse, and she did neither. Robin Locke was born and raised in San Antonio, Texas, and she went to the University of Texas in Austin and studied marketing. That degree has proved useful throughout her life. She started in traditional sales and marketing, advertising and cold calling. This was all pre-internet stuff. The biggest driver, her biggest driver was being passionate about whatever she did. And she could do anything as long as she was passionate about it. She had a successful career. She became a VP of marketing for a realtor organization. She organized events and did lots of public speaking and team motivation. It was all about the passion for her. And then as the internet arrived and business, business changed, the work became unsatisfying. She lost her passion and Robin was looking for change. Now she's already meditating a lot and she started a nightly routine of asking to discover her purpose. It took practice and commitment to the process before she received the answers that she was looking for. Our conversation is very much a journey of spiritual discovery. Now some of my listeners may find this a little woo. Woo or not, what is amazing is that life seems to work well for people that have a guided outlook. Robin had a practical business training and a career that was making her miserable. Today, Robin Locke is the author of four books. She's an energy healer, a transformational coach, and she consults and she speaks at events. So let's join the conversation with Robin Locke. And we're going to have a good conversation because that's what we do in life, passion and business. So Robin, tell us the story. Where did it all begin for you? Paul, I have to say that it's always been about my purpose. And mm-hmm. what's hard is when it isn't your number one priority, you remember it and you kind of keep the ball lofting in the air. Mm-hmm. But when it's not your number one thing, then it doesn't come quite as quickly. And so I wanted to know my purpose for a very long time. And 
focused on it and mm-hmm. asked about it at night before I go to bed, but it wasn't that all consuming, gotta know. No, there are some people that are born with it. You know, some people literally pop out the womb and they're doing what they want to do and they know exactly what they, what they want to be doing in life. Whereas a lot of people, and I think the majority of people have to work at it to find their true purpose or their true meaning. So what did you start off doing? Where, where, where are you from? Um, I'm originally from, well, I was born in one location, but I grew up in Texas mm-hmm. and um, was in Houston, Austin, San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And most of this happened in San Antonio. And I would, you know, really kind of focus on my purpose quite a bit, but I wasn't getting anywhere. Well, hang on, hang on. Let's let's go okay. to the beginning. What did you what did you want to do? I mean, what, you, know, well, you grew up in San Antonio. So what did you end up doing? How did you know what did education? Oh, I went like? to uh, the university <laughs> in Austin, University mm-hmm. of Texas, mm-hmm. and I uh, did marketing. Oh, right. Oh, so you, you're always looking to go into business then and into that thing. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so I used that marketing degree throughout my life mm-hmm. um, and really decided I could do anything that I was passionate about. And so, so much of what your purpose is, is where your passion is, right? And so yeah. I always moved into um, something that drew me into it and toward the end of my, well, not toward the end, but midway through, I guess, my business career, I was a public speaker and would motivate people to kind of rallying charges and to become impassioned. So did you work for large organizations? Did you do the corporate circuit? Who did you work for? What did you do? I worked for the realtor organization. And so, um, yeah, so I would speak at new member orientations and sometimes we have over 100, 120 in attendance. And so, you know, it was a nice size. It's funny, the realtor organization seems very much about public speaking. I see a lot of realtors that seem to be into public speaking. Why, why is that? Why is there such a big emphasis around presentation and speaking? Is it because you're presenting to clients and that sort of stuff? Is that what it's about? Well, and that I don't know because... I was in the administrative side. Mm-hmm. I was in the organization side. I was, I've never been a realtor. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always worked for the realtor organization or, or for a long time did. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, each is an independent business and they follow their own methodology and profile. Yeah, it's, it's a good group. And so I would speak in front of them and mm-hmm. I would get um, a lot of buy-in to different issues. I always said my political party was the realtor party. And it's because it's not formulated of a left or right nature, you know, conservative, liberal, any of that. It's just looking at the individual and choosing which which one resonates with private property rights and fairness and can't be bought. Mm. And so politics is now kind of more of a dicey deal, but it was, you know, it was a fun enterprise. So that's how I kind of got into the marketing end of it. And I was a VP for marketing for another company before that. And so I've always kind of been in the marketing realm. And I have to say marketing is great. You know, marketing has greatly changed. And so it's not the same marketing that I did years ago <laughs> that it is today. Well, you and I 
I guess they're a similar age age group. And you know, when we when we worked into the moved into the business world, it would be the telephone and telephone directory. There was nothing else. There was some fax a lot of cold calls. Yeah, and and the fax machine was a twinkle in someone's eye when I started in business, and it was telexes and that sort of thing. If you want to get a drawing or an image to someone, it, you had to post it. So yeah, so I, I appreciate it's a different world, and marketing really shifted once the internet came in. So so it had a total change for everyone in marketing. I agree. And I think what happened to me is that I have more of a spiritual nature and wanted to move into more of a spiritual enterprise. And I wanted to do something that was intrinsic to me. And I realized that when you have a profession, you don't always feel the same way about the profession. Was there a life shift that caused this for you? Well, no, I think it's more people for me. So if, when people shift and there are people changes, and I look at it now as a gift, because if nothing shifted, if nothing got us kind of out of our hot seat, then we'd stay in kind of a position of complacency and we wouldn't strive for maybe more. We'd be content, right? With what we're doing if everything stayed the status quo. But when things change a little bit, when there's different people, when there's different circumstances, when there's different policy, then you either like that and are willing to go along with it or you're ready for a change. And for me, I was looking for change. And so I would go to bed at night asking, what is it that I'm to do? What is it that I'm really here for? Why am I here? And so that's what has evolved for me today is I know more of those answers. And so what I'll say too, is that it's okay, whatever profession you're in, as long as the energy that you feel within the profession is one that brings you joy and is your passion. But when that passion shifts into not wanting to go to work and a little bit of dread or angst um, in the mix, then you know you're maybe not in the right space anymore and it's time for a change. I suspect that's not necessarily the passion shifting. I think what I suspect it is, it's to do with values. I think organizations have values and work has a value. And when those values and your own personal values align, you can feel very connected with the organization and very and, and, it, and everything kind of flows and it feels right and it can you can and you can engage with your passion around it what can happen as organizations change is is the focus can change like a new leadership can bring in new values and if they conflict in any way i think those that's when it starts to kind of go hmm, this doesn't feel right anymore for me it's the passion uh -huh. So for me, I was almost a motivational speaker because right. I was yeah. passionate about yeah. what I did. Yeah. And so my understanding of purpose is it's your mission, it's your passion, it's your reason for being. And so when you have those components and you feel your way into those things, then you have the right mix of what it is because your purpose can be anything as long as you feel that connection, as long as you feel that exuberance, as long as you feel like it's fun. Of course, like a, pur a purpose doesn't have to be huge. I mean, you know, it, it, it can actually be quite small. I mean, my purpose, 
my base purpose that I noticed that I've done in my entire life is move people forward. It's just move people forward. But why do you think that's not a big, that's a big thing? Well, I know it's a big thing, but it doesn't have to be a big thing. You know, I I can, I can, I, and that's what I've always done. I've always moved people forward. And it, and it's like, I have physically moved people forward. And I also, I, I, you know, I do it everywhere I go. I go to a supermarket checkout and have a conversation. Someone looks a bit grumpy and I'll, and I'll change their mood by asking them about themselves and their questions. And they, they suddenly brighten. You can see they brighten. That's, and I, that's service. And that's a big thing. Mm. I, I don't I don't think there's anything small about it. Service that you do toward mankind, humanity, however you want to frame it, is the greatest gift and the greatest thing that you can be doing. That's mm. a big thing. <laughs> I want to reframe that for you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So how did the journey pro- progress? Because obviously you were doing public speaking and you were enjoying that. You were you're doing all, the, all this stuff. You were asking for your purpose to be delivered to you. I think I think what happens sometimes is you keep asking the question, right? Yeah. Until you get the answer. Yeah. And what was hardest for me was the retraining as I awoke in the morning to remember that I had asked a question the night before, because it's that in-between state where you'll get a lot of your answers. But if you don't remember that you asked the question, then your mind starts to engage and you're already into the checklist and the to-dos of the day. And so it's, it's the most precious time in the world, I think, is those is that first 30, 30, 30 seconds to 60 seconds of waking up, of re- returning to consciousness. And if you can train yourself. So mm. what I did is I had a journal and then it progressed to a laptop that I would keep right by my bedside. And sometimes I was really groggy and I and I get which has developed over time that I get an inner ear pulsation and when i get that inner ear pulsation i know that there's communication for me so no matter how tired i am (laughs) i'll get up or i'll get my laptop and i'll just start writing so is this channeling do you get loads of information through on this so i call it i'm bridging Mm. um it's what i term it um i'm bridging consciousness to consciousness and so it's almost like an energetic key of being connected energetically. And I think many of us, so we all have, when we go this route, we all have an unseen entourage. Now I'm not talking about my unseen entourage here. I'm talking about something else, but for um, everyone, I believe in existence, they have an unseen entourage that is available and accessible, but we don't know that they're there because we can't see them. And so they have an energetic key to the one that they are with. And some know them as guardian angels. Some know them as, you know, maybe relatives that are deceased, which I don't know that I necessarily believe. But however, you know that you've got someone with you and someone that is there to help you. It's who enters in when there's contemplation and meditation. And we're in the state of allowing for an answer because we're looking for an answer, right? So if an answer is given and there are big signs or little signs, signs written in the, in the sky or, or storefront signs that have a message on them, if we're locked in our mind, we don't see any of that, right? And so you have to be in that state of wanting to see the answers, wanting to know more to be able to receive and see them. 
because they're they're always there whenever there's prayer, whenever there's a question asked, there's always an answer. But we get distracted. We move on. We don't expect to see an answer. So, so this is you really deeply connecting with this, with your spiritual self or your spiritual side. Have you always been someone that's been connected with that? You know, I don't think so. But I'll tell you that when I was little, I thought about this the other day when I was a small child and we were moving to Houston um, from another state when I was about three years old. I remember we were sleeping on the floor in the what turned out to be the dining room on the first night that we arrived and I was a little bitty and I think my mom had set up, you know, something on the floor mm. and blankets and such. And I remembered waking up and I saw at the end of the bed, a farmer and his wife. And it reminded me of the classic and I don't know who did yeah, that paint. classic picture of, of where they got the, yeah, where they the, got fork, the yeah. fork and the hair yeah. pulled back and, and they were standing at the end of the bed or where, what we'd set up for a bed. And I remembered seeing them and was kind of shocked and, and didn't, didn't know what that was. And, and it wasn't fearful. It wasn't a fearful experience, but it was shocking as a three-year-old to have someone standing at the end of the bed. <laughs> and I remember telling my mom about it the next day. And she said, oh, it was probably the people who used to farm this land before we moved in. You know, they're just checking on who's here. And she didn't make me scared about it she just did it matter-of-factly but I think after that I kind of shut that down because it it uh I didn't understand it so we've had some and podcast guests on here that have had amazing experiences like that you know it's like um so yeah it, it's 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 surprising and when, when you can be open to it and and explore it it's, it's amazing yeah. And, and I don't know the answer because I've never experienced it myself so I I, I you know I, I always sit with these things and go wow but, you know, I, I never, I don't know. Yeah, fascinating. So I fascinating. know I have some of that, but I mm. haven't really seen things like that since then. And I tried to remove that block or, or whatever, and I haven't really done it with gusto um, because I have what I intrinsically need from being given the insights that I've been given because I've just finished um, the third book of the book purpose trilogy so you've been so you've this this all this um downloading for want of a better word led you to write a book so um i was told i have conversations i'll ask questions i ask questions all the time and i ask for insights all the time and i connect every morning pretty much that way and a few months <laughs> well, probably in the beginning of the year i I always knew that there was, so there've been two books I've written, there've been three books and they're behind me. And um, two of the books, the smaller ones are on your purpose. And I always knew from an earlier time that there would be a trilogy of purpose books. So earlier this year, I got the third book will be coming um, if you want it to come. And I had to sit in contemplation and meditation to ask for more to be given um, for quite a while. And I was told that the books would come in July and August. And so um, it was interesting because in July, I was trying to figure out what's what. And, and I realized, and there were a number of different circumstances that happened. Um, but I realized that I could write the book here where I live, or I could write the book somewhere else. And I thought, you know, with this pandemic and all that's going on, 
And now it seems like it's not quite as significant as it was and we're in the summer. I'd like to travel. I'd like to go somewhere. And I was gonna go closer to home and um, I Googled writing retreat just to see what I would find. And I came upon someone who's become a really good friend and I ended up traveling to Greece and the first, the introduction and the first five chapters were given in Greece, um, in Lesbos, which is an island in the Aegean. And then the last chapter I was told would be given when I returned home. And about two days after I got back, I was, I guess, inclined or felt that it was time for that next chapter. And I got, yes, mm. that it was time. And so then the last chapter was given. So they were all actually given orally. And then I transcribed or, had, well, yeah, I transcribed them or had them transcribed. And wow. so, um, yeah. And so now they'll be coming, this last <laughs> book will be coming out around Thanksgiving. That's my intention because that's when the other books have all come out and it seems appropriate because I'm so grateful <laughs> for what's been given. And um, they're now with an editor or layout editor because they've already been through the, yeah, I don't know, there's other editors. So they've been through all the other processes and now they're at, with the layout. And, and So are you course. still working for the retailer, uh, realtor organization? This, no. is your, this is your full-time role now, writing? I've been doing this probably for about three or four years. Mm -hmm. And it's my, it's my, it is my passion. And you feel at yeah, home I can on this. Do this all yeah. day and all night long and never tire. And every time that I end up speaking with someone, it usually turns into <laughs> a little bit of a counseling session <laughs> because I get insights and it's beneficial for all of us. You know, I enjoy it and, and it, it's helpful. So what's been the shift? What suddenly you met? What, I mean, you, you were a realtor. You were in the industry speaking for years. And what suddenly changed them to suddenly open the door for you to have these conversations? I think I'd been so I'd been asking every night about my purpose. Right. And um, and it was when I was in Boulder County. My family's all in Colorado. And when I was there, I think there's something about the alignment of the energy there. And all of a sudden I, so I used to get up too, I'll say this, I used to get up and I would wake up at three o'clock, 3 a.m. early in the morning. And I would go to work at say seven o'clock in the morning. And so I would spend four hours in what I would call meditation or contemplation. Now, sometimes I just felt like it was, I was maybe going to sleep or something. And it was funny because I would try to really clear my mind. And at the time, I believed that you don't want anything to enter in. But the reality is, is if you enter into meditation and you don't allow insights to come in, then how do you receive anything that is given um, when you're in that state? And so it was funny. One time I was meditating and I, I sneezed. And I didn't realize that I was actually up here. And when I sneezed, my whatever my form or whatever was here my form was here all of a sudden I shot back down into my body and if you would have asked me around that time what I was doing I would have said oh I, I think I've just, I just I don't think I'm doing anything I think I'm just falling asleep and I'm saying 
but apparently I was actually doing more. And the only reason I knew that I was doing more was because I sneezed and it, and it caused me to be jarred. And so we do much more than we believe we do, but I've constantly been asking at this point, what's my purpose? Because I knew that there was something that I needed to know about the purpose. I knew it was important and I didn't know what it was. So what answer did you think you got? I mean, obviously you're writing books, but did you get a, a, a definitive purpose, like a, like a phrase that you could define yourself? So um, yes, my purpose is service. And it's actually what I'm doing right now. So part of what I believe is that many came into form to understand something. So, so let me back up. So I don't know if you believe, but I'll just ask the question of, of that we're more than this physical body. And I believe that we are. I believe that we are soul essence. And before that we were spiritual essence. And so we wanted to understand something that we didn't understand currently because it's like, it's like textbook understanding in university and real understanding from real life. Yeah, it's like learning to drive a car from a book, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> and, so, and so in that understanding, when you don't know what something is, then it's exceptional to be able to take a form, a body form, and the spiritual essence takes on what they term a soul, and we all term a soul, but it's actually spiritual essence being able to come into the body. And so it takes on a soul and the soul enters the body to be able to have the experience. And so this life and each life that we've lived is meant to be felt because it's the feeling component that we sought to understand. Mm -hmm. And so if we don't feel our way through life, then we're not taking full advantage. If we stuff down those things that we don't like the way they feel, if we stuff down that energy, that actually is the beginning of disease and illness within the body because that energy when not felt, gets stored because universe says, well, you came here to experience and feel. And so why wouldn't you want to feel those things that you have stuff down? You must want to feel them later. Yeah. So we'll keep them for you in the body vessel because there's plenty of room. It's only energy and you can feel them when you like. That's why it's so critical for people to feel even those bad things. Because what I'll say for sure is that in order to know and really understand what it was you sought to experience here, you have to also understand it's converse energy or opposing energy. And so it's that opposing energy that gives you the full vast understanding of what it really is when you find it. If you only knew good, how would you know it was really good unless you knew what it wasn't? And so my first embodiment is actually given in the larger book behind me in the what if book of what is. And it was um, quite a long time ago. And it was my original purpose. And what I'll say is that there's a difference between life purpose and original purpose because many people know life purpose. And there is a vast difference in that life purpose is like a spoke on the wheel. 
And if you imagine that your original purpose is the wheel and each lifetime, you maybe have a different life purpose. But the objective is to get back to the original purpose, the original thing that brought you into this world of form so that you could experience that. Because in this life, my purpose was knowing truth. And to know truth, you have to know deceit, intrigue, and treachery. Yeah. And you also understand that truth is a component of service because if I were lying or deceitful or undermining or not of the highest caliber giving information, how is that being of service? Mm. That's actually in opposition to serving because it is often about taking money or taking things away that um, the person may not have given had they known the rest of the story or the true story. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's really incredible to me to um, understand and look back because what took that child out of embodiment in that first lifetime was actually the oppositional or the opposing energy to what she wanted to understand. And so what happened to many, and that I believe now is why that first chapter is my first original incarnation, mm -hmm. is because that is how many got taken out of embodiment. And so what I truly believe is that there are many souls that are here that actually came for that experience and they've gotten lost in the Maya that exists today because now we take on the cause and now we rally the flag. We've got you know, this objective or that objective and we get lost in taking on that cause. But what I've been told and what the elders tell me is, isn't it time to get about why you came here in the first place so that you no longer need to be tethered to the rounds of incarnation here? Because all we're doing is satisfying why we chose to be here in the first place. And if we don't satisfy it, there was not the concern initially when coming into form because where we came from had no time. And so what's time? If you have a number of embodiments, what does that mean? <coughs> apparently there are some that have been coming for a very, 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 very long time. Well, it's a nice place to visit, isn't it? I mean, you, you don't wanna go when you, when you arrive. So it's time to get them back to what they wanted to experience mm. so they can make a choice as to whether or not. So how do, do you see yourself as instrumental in that role? I do. And, and you, you say that for your books or you, are you doing speaking as well on that, on that conversation? So I was starting to do speaking when COVID hit. No. And I had three different um, events lined up and it was around, I think, March. And I had events in April and, and one in May and COVID hit. Yeah. Well, okay. There'll be, it, it will pass. And, you'll well, and, and what was nice was I did do a few little speaking engagements in Greece and mm -hmm. I did consultations in Greece. And so to me, it's a matter of time, but mm. it's, but it's not, it's not so much really about me as it is the message. Yeah. And so what I look to do is whatever methodology that I can get this connected with more people and whether or not it resonates with them is not, I guess, um, 
of my utmost top agenda item because sometimes you have to let something sit with you yeah. to allow a bubbling up to occur, to yeah. allow a realization to be experienced. But it's not, it's not, um, I guess I'm not, I'm not so much about what someone decides to do as to whether or not more importantly that they have the choice hmm. in which to make the election. Hmm. So my, my, my objective is to get it in front of people so that they can choose whether or not they, that it feels right to them hmm. or not. And, um, and beyond that, it's not anything, you know, it's not anything I try to push on anyone, but I just feel like everyone needs that opportunity because if you don't know, then you don't have the choice. No, indeed, indeed. So how would you define success for yourself these days? And did it, has it changed over time? It has because success used to mean more of a monetary type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and what I believe now is my success is contact and being able to have others know about what I have been told mm. and insights that I've been given. And, you know, of course we have to, we have to function and we have to have monetary <laughs> means to do so. And I always feel like, one leads the other but now i'm wanting the other to lead something else yeah and so to me it's more about that contact um because somehow i always seem to be doing okay and so um it's really connection and it's service and it's allowing people to make the choice or not mm -hmm. of what they want their life to encapsulate and and be because you can be doing anything as long as you stay anchored in knowing that it's that feeling component. And then the rest of it is that you have to do it with awareness because if you're just doing it and maybe even making lots of money and just loving life and enjoying it until you connect the dots, it's like the way they've termed it is happen chance. You can't do it by happen chance. It has to be consciously engage consciously aware of what you're doing then you connect the dots of the knowingness of what you're doing because you bring everything then into full 360 you're bringing connection to everything that you wanted to experience here and once you've done that then you then you more or less break the tethering mm. that keeps you in the rounds of incarnation i met a guy recently who um his entire job every day he drive. I mean, where am I? North of Scotland. It's a nice place to live, and it's very beautiful. Lots of countryside, but he literally drives around all this area, checking that telegraph poles are not rotten, and literally he goes from telegraph pole to telegraph pole, oh, test, test, that. testing that the wood is safe and the telegraph pole is safe. And it's like I said, don't you get bored? He said, no. He said every day is different. Every day is a new vista. Every day I get to see a new piece of Scotland. And he said, I just love it. You know, and it's like, well, where? Yeah, and it's right. You know, he gets paid. He doesn't earn a huge amount of money, but he earns enough to keep everything ticking. He gets his holidays every year, and every day he gets to see a new place. What a nice job. Well, and not only that, but he's also the other component is he's also protecting people's usage of you know <clears throat> if, if those lines go down 
Well, it's about testing the light. It's about stopping, you know, if the poll gets condemned, it means no one can climb it. I mean, no one. No one oh, but, but if the poll fell. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, well, a, but, you know, it's an amazing job. It's like, I didn't even know such a job existed. And it's like, wow, what a nice job. <laughs> and that he loves it and he enjoys it. So that's what I'm saying. It can be in anything, anything yeah. that you find. When I was little, I wanted to be a stewardess. And I wanted to be a nun. Now you may say those seem very, very different, but what do they both do? Well, they both they serve in a different way, don't they really? Yeah, they both serve. So when you look at your childhood and you look at all the different professions, because I wanted to be a number of different things and all of them, I can tie back. Now you might not be able to, but all of them, when I look at them, I see service. And so that's really kind of key because you wouldn't have wanted to do that thing if it didn't align with what you inwardly oh, indeed. wanted to know. So look, my next question is about uh, contribution. And obviously I know what you're doing, your books and everything is a contribution. So it's very clear where your contribution lies. How do you contribute to yourself? Oh gosh, every day is a gift. I mean, it's a joy to be living. Now I look at life, when I was, so when I was going to the airport, um, to go on this trip. I was in the back seat and being driven and, and, and I looked out and I almost felt like I was spiritual essence, looking at everybody rushing to go to work, people rushing to go here, to go there. And I thought, so this is what, when you're in that contemplative mode, this is what looking upon earth felt like. And it lasted for about 10 seconds, mm. 20 seconds, maybe it wasn't very long, but it was like, it was like euphoric. And so I think what this has done for me is it's changed the way I look at life totally. Mm. Now, the other day I had ringing in my ears and my mom had tendonitis. And instead of getting scared and running to the computer and Googling, what does it mean with tendonitis and how long does it last? Because it was going on for a while. I started to chuckle and I started to laugh about it. And I immediately said, ah, I'm not hearing things the right way. Or is there a better way that I can hear things? And it immediately stopped. <laughs> and so if you look at life occurrences and things that you would normally deem as being bad, if you look at them with whimsical wonderment and laugh at them, then the mind doesn't have a chance to engage. And I believe so often the mind, which controls our body, manufactures things because we start to give it such intense focus and now we've all of a sudden gotten something that wasn't a big deal before but now it's gaining a little bit of momentum and fuel because now we're googling it a lot we're looking for it we're asking people about it and universe says well gosh you must want more of that so you get that return and you've got the mind engaged and you've got that return and so if we don't do any of those things when something negative perhaps happens, but we chuckle at it and we throw the mind out of balance because we're not worried about it and we just look. I mean, sometimes there's, there's a lovely old quote somewhere I saw, I saw from an old man. Says, I'm an old man and over the years I've had many, many worries and none of them have ever happened. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah. can do the what ifs all day yeah. long. Yeah, we can, can't we? We can. So what's the one question that you want people to ask you? 
Why am I here? Mm, why are you here, Robin? I'm here for a purpose. <laughs> well, we've had this conversation, so clearly we've, we've gone around in circles. So, okay, so of the, I mean, how do people get in touch with you and what is it that you offer if they do? And obviously your books are available. So tell us more about how people can get in touch with you. So my website is advanced with a D, energetics with an mm-hmm. S dot org. Mm-hmm. And you can read more about the elders. There's a blog post there and the books are there. The books are available on Amazon. There's two right now, how to find the little book to find your purpose, uh, the original purpose. And I believe the third one will be called Enact Your Purpose. And it will be and become a three book trilogy. And then, and then of course, that's all about um, finding your purpose. And they've actually given verses and mantras that you can engage that will allow the bubbling up to occur so there's a lot of gifts and practical advice practical help help to find purpose that's brilliant i'm sure people will be very interested in in reading those books so all those all those books will be available at at the links that uh, robin has just said and i will put the link to all those links will be on the on the podcast page at lifepassionandbusiness.com so We'll make sure and I would it. like to add about the what if book of what is that's mm-hmm. the larger book behind me and that one is all about self-healing and so if you've got issues and um, problems that you want to eradicate because everything is energy you can unlayer and toward the end of the book there's actually a resetting of your subconscious that's available mm. and it's because you've done there's 50 steps and I've also got it with the layout editor a, a companion workbook, because there are so many steps. Um, those who have read it have asked um, for something more to chronicle some of the things that they're going through or to have it in a different format to make it easier to go back to. And so there's a workbook that's coming out, but it's all about, and I asked the elders and then it really kind of dawned on me, um, but I asked the elders, you know, because this is a little bit different. And they said, well, when you get to later years in life and you don't realize that you need sometimes your body vessel in order to enact your purpose, this is a means for you to unlayer those things that are maybe stuck within so that you can enact your life purpose and you can have that opportunity rather than passing out of the life because the body form has, has, it doesn't function like mm-hmm. it should. Mm-hmm. So they all really complement each other. And also I'll say I do consultations. I have a consultation page and I'm glad to offer, um, you know, a discount to your listeners. So if they mention this show and that they, um, you know, found out about this through your podcast, then I'm glad to offer that discount and it would be a 50% off discount. So that's very generous of you. As I said, all those links will be available at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com. Are you on social channels as well? I am. I'm on Facebook, okay. Instagram, so, and YouTube. I've got about... Well, have videos. all those links there so people can find them there because it's the easiest sure. way to do it rather than repeat them over the air here because there's no... no most people are actually cycling or running or doing something else. They can't write this stuff down. <laughs> well, and there's links on the website. So the website that's what I mean. can take that's you to I mean. all of those. That's, that's what I mean. So, Robin, thank you so much for this conversation. We really enjoyed this conversation. I get to the last question, which I ask all my guests, and that is, what's the meaning of life for you? It's this. The meaning of life for me is connection <clears throat> and allowing and giving others a choice to 
perhaps not in body again, to look at life differently and to change your perspective, to shift and enjoy even the adversity because in the adversity is always a gift. Mm. Yes, thank you, Robin. Robin Locke, it's been wonderful to have a chat with you. Thank you so much for being here with me today. All the best. Thank you. And that was Life, Passion and Business with Paul Harvey and my guest, Robin Locke. If you'd like to connect and discover more about Robin, do check out her website, advancedenergetics.org. You will find her on Facebook, Advanced Energetics, on Twitter, The Elders Listen, and on Instagram, Advanced Energetics. And you can find out details of the books on the website, or you can go and search them in Amazon. Just search under the name Robin Locke, and they will turn up. And all of those links are available at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com, so do check it out. And while you're there, do check out the five questions under the resources tab. It's a workbook based on the five questions of the podcast, and in my opinion, it is the base point for creating the life you want to live. So do check that one out. And that's it from me for this week. So thank you so much for being on this journey with me. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please give us five stars on the app of your choosing and share it with a friend if you can. So that is it from me. As always, thank you so much for your time and attention. I'll catch you next time. All the best.